Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas and Brian Murphy. Uh, gentlemen, on today's podcast, we're going to continue our discussion, our series of, uh, of mid-district progress reports. On Monday, we touched on uh, Class 6A, girls basketball. We're going to shift classifications, keep it in the girls' side of the hard court, and we're going to talk some 5A action today. So um, we're recording this on Thursday, so we'll at least include, uh, you know, we're talking records and stuff, the games that were played on on Tuesday, so a lot of these districts will be at the very least one game past the midpoint, but nevertheless, just kind of size up the progress of where our 5A schools are at as we as we close in on the home stretch of the regular season. So let's um, let's start out um, I guess out uh, Denton Ways with, uh, with District 8-5A at the midpoint of the season, or just past the midpoint. Your standings have uh, the Colony ran the table, still undefeated, atop the district at 7-0, uh, two games up on Lake Dallas in second place at 5-2. and two. You have a log jam between uh, Denton ISD that clarified a little bit uh, on Tuesday, but you have Denton in third place at 4-3, and three, Braswell at 3-3 three and three in fourth place, Denton Ryan in fifth at 3-4, and four. and then in sixth place you have Justin Northwest at 2-5, and five, and Little Elm bringing up the rear 0-7. Um, Justin, obviously the story for this district has been the, uh, the continued dominance of the colony, nothing new given what the Lady Cougars have done in recent years, but um, this particular particular iteration of the colony just talk a bit about what has contributed to them uh, just running roughshod over this district well you got to start with their backcourt yeah. their juniors Jewel Spear and Tamia Jones you former, know, former guests of the podcast former guests of the podcast yeah um, they're both playing really well right now and mm-hmm. Jewel Spear is just playing out of her mind every, it seems like every time I look at the box score she's right at 30 points or somewhere around there I think she's scored 30 and four of the last six six district games um, came up a little short last night against Little Elm. Had 29. No. Um, <laughs> Let's uh, get it together. But uh, and she got, you know, I saw them just before the mm. holiday break against Denton Ryan, and she scored 20 something in one quarter last night. She scored 17 in the third quarter mm-hmm. alone um, to get to to her 29. Saw them last week against Braswell. She scored 30. Um, so yeah, they're rolling along. But honestly, some of their results have been a little closer than mm-hmm. I might have expected. Um, you know, they beat Lake, Lake Dallas by four. You know, that Braswell game I just mentioned, Braswell actually had a three-pointer at the buzzer that could have tied the game. Uh, they Obviously, they missed it and lost by three. And then, you know, kind of expecting a blowout last night with first-place Colony and seventh-place Little. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Little was up. Quite. Yeah. I expecting <laughs> a blowout. 
Pipe nope, down don't there. count on my lady Lobos. <laughs> but yeah, little I will not take any Lobo slander on this podcast. Little um, this aggression a, uh, will not stand, man. Actually, had a twenty to sixteen <laughs> lead on the Colony at halftime before Spear had that seventeen point mm-hmm. third quarter, and they outscore them uh, twenty nine to <coughs> excuse me twenty nine to five or so, and to really kind of pull away. But yeah, I wasn't expecting much of a game last night, and definitely got one. Mm-hmm. Um, so little Elm acquitted itself well there, but. Colony still gets the win. They're at seven and zero. No, I don't think anybody's going to catch them for this district championship. I think it's mm-hmm. just a question is if somebody can trip them up and put a loss mm-hmm. on their ledger. But looks like the they're in pretty firm control of this district right now. With that performance that Little Elm was able to, the brief scare that they were able to put into the yeah. uh, into the Lady Cougars. I mean, Brian. I know the uh, obviously the district record is not what Little Elm would have hoped at the midpoint. But um, how does that performance kind of work in conjunction with what Little Elm has shown elsewhere throughout the district schedule? I'd be lying if I said I wasn't shocked at mm-hmm. you know that that half that mm-hmm. performance of just in half against you know a team like the Colony. This is definitely a rebuilding year. For the little um, girls, mm-hmm. at least. Because yeah, we, two years ago, they were hanging right in there with so, Jade Williams at the Colony and Jordan Oliver. At so they graduated KV on a barber and just a handful of girls. I could just keep listing girls and on and on and on. But their entire starting lineup were seniors. And so they were kind of set for, that was kind of like an all or nothing type year. And that was two years ago, what you were alluding to. Um, and, you know, they've still kind of been in, in rebuilding mode. Since then, they're still trying to figure out some pieces. They have a bunch of sophomores, a bunch of freshmen playing big minutes, some juniors. Uh, so they're still trying to figure out an identity. They're 419 on the year, uh, 0-7, like you said, in district play. A year they'd like to forget, uh, but you know they'll be back. They're under good leadership in, in head coach Kim Oliphant, and we uh, this won't be the last of the Lady Locals. They played well. They played well and hard last night. Um, mm-hmm. Then they just couldn't get out of their way in the third quarter and turn the Colony's full court press just killed them. So there, was a, there was a stretch where Spear made a layup and then stole the inbounds pass on two possessions in a row. So she scored six points in literally like four seconds. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was just the story of the third quarter. Little Elm seriously might have had 15 turnovers in that quarter. Like They could not hold on. That's to a ball. lot to do with inexperience. Yeah, a lot of definitely. girls that don't have a lot of varsity playing time. Girls that, yeah. you know, and that one don't. of their other better players, she it might be a concussion that she has to do the testing, obviously, today and stuff, but she, she left in the middle of the game, so mm-hmm. that didn't help their cause either. Um, if there is a team that, at the very least, going by the standings, is best positioned to catch the colony, it would be Lake Dallas, simply mm-hmm. by, just by virtue of win-loss record. Lake Dallas currently in second place at 5-2. and two. And As we mentioned, they played, you know, they played the colony fairly well that first time around, yeah. and that was, I mean, at the start of the stretch of, of district play, Lake Dallas was kind of a tough team to figure out because because we actually, you know, shout out to us, we actually did project Lake Dallas as the second best team in this district, but then they start off district play 0-2, so you're thinking, oh, well, crap. Because um, the, the, the story of Lake Dallas this year is there's not a single senior in that starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, there are three freshmen, however, you know, to complement, you know, their veterans, Dorian Norris and JoJo Elliott, and that has kind of been the, uh, you know, so that's the story of this team this year, is just kind of what strides those, you know, they're promising freshmen, you know, wasn't sure... You know, due to it's. Just, I mean, they're in that they're in that position they are because you know head coach you know Catherine Madison sees a lot of promise in those players. You know, players like Mackenzie Buss, Georgia Elliott, who's JoJo's younger sister, mm-hmm. and then their center Allie Buchanan. Um, but nevertheless, when you are putting those kinds of minutes on you know freshmen, and it's because it's not a big rotation that Coach Madison you know rolls out there, not a huge roster by any stretch. Um, you're going to go through the inevitable growing pains, and you kind of got to see that early on. You know, they lose a game at the buzzer essentially to uh, you know Justin North.
Northwest, 45 to 43. Um, a Northwest team that you know we're really sure what to you know make heads or tails of to begin the season. Um, and then they turn right around though and give the Colony uh, you know a, a respectable game too. So and then, but ever, ever since that 0-2 start, things have gone obviously yeah. in their favor. They've won five straight. Um, their average margin of victory during that district winning streak has been 14.6 points. So I mean they're taking care of business, handling things as you'd expect for a team that you know at least carried itself with expectations of being one of the better teams in this district. Yeah. Um, ultimately, though, yeah, that Northwest loss is probably going to loom a little large because yeah. they get the, um, hey, look at the schedule. They get the, they get the Colony on Friday at yeah. Lake Dallas, mm-hmm. could potentially return the favor and, you know, hand the Colony their first loss. But even then, that just puts you a game back at the yeah. Lady Cougars, and you're needing the Colony to trip up again in order to tie them. So ultimately, um, you know, that Northwest loss could be what keeps Lake Dallas from being able to truly threaten for the district title. But at the very least, yeah. you know, they've been able to overcome that. And based on their recent results, it looks like the number two seed is very much within reach. Yeah. Should be an interesting race for that, which Denton School gets left out mm-hmm. for that third and fourth spot. I was pretty impressed with Braswell when I saw them. Yeah. I, I think they're going to get one of those two spots. Okay. Let's shift gears and talk about <coughs> another district that uh, just passed the midpoint, this one being uh, 11-5A. Let's talk some Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD, which I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've mentioned Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD, at least in the basketball iterations of this podcast. So, uh, I believe you are correct. And uh, hey, but all, th- all three schools are in the, uh, in the hunt for a playoff spot, including a couple that are you know just a couple games back of first place. So mm-hmm. at the very least, let's run down the top five standings, or at least the ones that pertain to the CFB ISD schools. Uh, you've got Highland Park, which is doing the Highland Park thing and just yeah, rolling right. over everybody yeah. in first place. It's safe to say the district is theirs. They haven't even been challenged yet. Really. So, yes, Highland Park at 8-0, very much on their way to probably running the table in that district. you got a second-place tie between R.L. Turner. Shout out to R.L. Turner. At six and two, tied with Woodrow Wilson. Um, you've got uh, Newman Smith one game back, five and three, and then Creekview in fifth place at four and four. So just one game uh, out of the playoff mix is uh, are the Lady Mustangs. So um, I mean, Justin, CFB is your neck of the woods. Just yeah. kind of, what do you make so far of what that school district has been able to offer up in eleven five A? Well, I think the first important thing to mention when you're looking at the standings is Newman Smith's in fourth, but they're they're the team that has played Highland Park twice already. Mm-hmm. So. Um, a lot of other teams have another loss basically guaranteed coming on their ledger. Okay. I don't see anybody beating Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they've just been dominating this district. Um, you know, they beat Creekview by 60, like, just, for, <laughs> just for example. Goodness. Uh, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say Turner's kind of a, a little bit of a surprise. Um, Smith was looking really good, but they have some injuries and some you know, off-the-court issues that are going to drastically alter their uh, lineup and rotation during the second half of the district. So um, talking to coach, their first-year coach Samuels over there, um, he was really pleased with how they, were ruling, how they were rolling along, but this is going to change things up a little bit, and we'll see if Newman Smith can hang on to a playoff spot. Um, looks like Creekview might be the challenger, mm-hmm. um, but when you look at Creekview's results against the top four teams, they really haven't been that competitive. So, you know, they're going to have to... They're going to have to beat Newman Smith and pick up a game mm-hmm. somewhere else to get to that fourth spot. I'm, I'm not sure if I see that happening. So it looks like Smith is going to hang on and Turner's going to get in there. Turner might, is probably the one that's positioned best of all of them. You should have thought that at the yeah, start of the season. Really. Shout out to our old Turner. So what a, uh, between that and what the, what the volleyball, volleyball team did, team say, uh, hey, things are finally shining, uh, yeah. you know, shining bright on the, uh, on the Turner Athletics program. It's what happens when you get out of that district. <laughs> no kidding. I was just about to say that. <laughs> 
Because, yeah, I mean, you just you do think for comparison's sake. I mean, they were those two years in District 14, 5A where yeah. you're staring down heavyweights like Prosper and yeah. North and the Colony and whatnot. And now it's, you know, they're finally, you know, in a district that's, you know, a bit more to their weight class. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Let's, um, let's shift gears and talk a little District uh, 13, 5A. This one is uh, out uh, out Mesquite Ways. Some uh, some East Texas schools in the mix as well. Everywhere. So this one, uh, yeah. So this one, at least the, I got the standings at least as of the uh, entering the week. So for the midpoint, you had uh, Mesquite Poteet all alone in first place. They ran the table the first half of district play at six and zero. Uh, North Forney. One game back at five and one, uh, Lancaster, Lancaster, depending on how you pronounce it, four and two, uh, Kaufman in fourth place at three and three, West Mesquite in fifth at two and four, uh, Forney in sixth place, one and five, and Terrell bringing up the rear, zero oh and six in seventh place. Um, yes, the uh, you know, there's nice, there's a nice little basketball resurgence going on out of Poteet High School, and the Lady Pirates have uh, have been they've looked the part of the most dominant team in this district. They're um, of those. You know those first six wins, their average margin of victory, twenty six point two points. So blowouts left and right. Although I will not go so far as to say that they've got the district title just wrapped up, um, like you know, like Highland Park appears to over an eleven five day because they do have a four point win over North Forney, second place team on their ledger. And that was a game that was tied entering the fourth quarter. So you know you'd still think that the rematch between Poteet and North Forney would uh, would be you know similarly competitive. Yeah, and. Um, but uh, nevertheless, though, Poteet with a 1-0 lead in that head-to-head series and in position to, at the very least, capture the district championship. And if they do so, it's going to be on the uh, on the strength of one of the top one-two punches in the, um, you got to think, in the area. There's not too many teams that have, you, know, you can say their top two players are averaging you know, almost 32 points per game. At the um, you know at the girls level, and that's what you have out of Poteet with uh, with Tajane Perry, who's averaging 18.2 per game in district, and um, Amaya Briggs, who's averaging almost 14. Um, you know those two of uh, I mean yeah, those two have carried the load most nights. You know they will uh, they'll get a chance to uh, potentially lock up the district title for good on uh, on Tuesday, I believe, is when they will uh, they will host North Forney, in a chance to uh, to I guess put the uh, put the nail in the in the Lady Falcons coffin for sure. Um, but you look at a team like so. I just I just mentioned uh, you know Briggs and Perry and what they're averaging almost 32 points per game. You look at a team like you know West Mesquite, which is you know is on the outside of the playoff picture currently. You know, a, a couple games back of a playoff spot. Um, you know, if the Lady Wranglers are to make a uh, a second half charge, um, it's going to require an uptick in offense. Um, at the very least, yeah. through um, through the first half of district play, West Mesquite is averaging just 27.5 points per game. Um, they are yet to score 35 points in a district ball game. So you you take yeah. 27.5 points per game, you average that out per quarter. That's 6.8 points per quarter. Yeah, they didn't exactly light up those sixth and seventh place teams recently. Either. No, no. I mean, so even their their two wins, you know, their two wins have come against the two teams that they're at least ahead of in the standings, Forney and Terrell. Um, you know, they beat Forney thirty to twenty nine and Terrell thirty four to thirty one. So, while on the one hand, you know, the offense, you know, the the scoring leaves a little bit to be desired. You at least have to give them credit on the defensive end of the floor. They were able to hold those teams in check, you mm-hmm. know, just as well. But this does feel like a district kind of like on um in Monday's podcast, and we're talking about the six eight Mesquite ISD district in which it feels like there's a bit of a, uh, a a line of demarcation between the top four and the bottom three in that district so to speak because like I just mentioned said Briggs and Perry averaging 32 points per game in district by themselves 
more so than yeah. <laughs> at least five <laughs> points per game more so than all of West Mesquite. So if the Lady Wranglers are going to uh, you know to threaten either either Kaufman or Lancaster, one of those teams for that last playoff spot, um, it's going to require some more consistency on the offensive end of the floor. So that is a look at um, at a few of the districts that are uh, just past the uh, the midpoint of the district schedule. We've got a couple others that are um, one is way past the midpoint because there's a million schools in that district, and the other is creeping up on the midpoint because there's like six. So yeah. we'll talk uh, we'll talk some Frisco ISD, we'll talk Lovejoy and McKinney North in a bit, but first um, gotta shine that student athlete spotlight and for this, uh, we went out to Lake Dallas for a, uh, for a talk with the aforementioned uh, Dorian Norris, perhaps the best you know two-way player at Lake Dallas. One of the big reasons why the Lady Falcons are in second place in District 85A. Uh, Taylor Raglan had a chance to catch up with Dorian Norris to talk a bit about her season and the young Lady Falcons and their progress and we will see what she had to say after a word from this sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. How's it going, everybody? This is Taylor Raglan out here at Lake Dallas with Lake Dallas Girls Basketball Junior Star Dorian Norris. Uh, and the big news for you guys is after an 0-2 start to district, including a loss to uh, district leading the colony, undefeated the colony, uh, you guys have won five games in a row to be 5-2 and two, right behind those Lady Cougars uh, in 8-5A. So what's kind of been behind the turnaround for you guys, and how are you all feeling right now? It's basically been defense. But we're, we're feeling good right now, but it's basically, basically been defense. Like, our boxing out and getting back on defense and stuff, that's what we've been working on in practice right now. And all we've been doing basically is improving, like, this entire season. So, yeah. Personally, how much do you focus on? I know when I cover you guys, um, you know, you're the one in there grabbing rebounds a lot. You like to get inside, uh, use your size, use your athleticism. So, you know, what have you been focusing on this year, and, and how do you feel like your defensive game has grown? Well, you know, defense is our main focus on each each and every practice. Like, we have to, like, our mentality is focus, and we have to, like, you know, focus on defense, getting back. And I, I really do use my, my height to my advantage. Like, boxing out is really our focus, but I, like, I really like to out-jump other girls and stuff. So. Right. You guys, uh, you and, and Josephine Elliott are, are both juniors that have been around a while, kind of the veteran presence, even though you guys still have a year left. But, you know, a lot of young contributors on this team as well, a real mix of, of kind of old and new faces. Yeah. Um, Mackenzie Buss, point guard, Allie Buchanan inside, mm-hmm. um, George Elliott, Joe's little sister, girls like yeah. that. So, you know, what have you seen from kind of that freshman class especially and, and what they've brought to the team this year? Okay, honestly, the freshmen, it's they've been a blessing, honestly. Like, we were kind of nervous about next year because we lost – a lot of seniors last year so these freshmen coming in they played together a lot um, last year like on AAU and stuff and that really helped us this year but the freshmen like Mackenzie Bush she's been really driving get, getting to the goal a lot and you know we kind of been there to rebound if she misses it which she usually doesn't and Georgia with like the three-point shooting and Allie is a three-point shooter also and she's really good in the post and you know all, all three of our starter our starting freshmen are so good and also Bailey like coming in and stuff she's really good. I mentioned you and Joe you know being juniors having played together um, for a while now and, and kind of assuming the leadership role this season how do you feel like you guys you know like I said obviously you still have a year left but mm-hmm. you know how do you feel that that your roles as leaders have kind of grown and, and what do you look to do as far as you know leadership on and off the court? Um, well you know me and Joe have been playing AAU like a long time ago we've been playing forever 
Um, but our, our leadership is like really vital like this year with all these freshmen. But um, we kind of like clicked a lot like with the freshmen. So leadership hasn't really been a problem, but we, we still like our voices are like heard and stuff. So. Right. Another change for you guys this year is obviously Catherine Madison coming in as head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, familiar with the program, being an assistant and all that good stuff, but it's always different when, you know, you're the one at the helm and, and leading the program, kind of implementing your system. So, you know, what changes have you noticed and, and what do you like about her and, and her style? Well, we kind of scratched everything from last year. We, we love Coach Lee, but um, Coach Madison has been, like, really great. And um, this year it's, it's all about defense. So um, her... She, you know, she, Coach Madison's been like really great. She really cares about us, and, uh, and um, she she really stands up for us. Like stuff, she talks to the refs if there's like been a bad call or something. But you know, Coach Madison, she's she's really great. And we love Coach Richards also. So. Right. You know, speaking about you know Coach Madison, you said you kind of scrapped everything um, and, and started fresh a little bit. What exactly do you feel like is is most different, especially on the defensive side of the ball? Um, mostly uh, boxing out is. Uh, more of a it's a really big focus this year um yeah that's I think yeah <laughs> <laughs> just boxing out how that works um you know for you uh when I come watch you guys a lot of times you'll have you know a double double as far as you know points and rebounds but um you guys I feel like when you're going well get scoring from kind of up and down the lineup and, and get a lot of people contributing so how important is that to you guys and, and to your ability to win basketball games um I've I've been shooting a lot more recently and so has um everybody else but um, we, Joe and her sister, they, they like, they hit a lot of big threes, like, um, when it's, like, on the line games, and, um, yeah, we kind of, we kind of make those big plays, and, yes, yeah, wait, what's the question? <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. I guess the, the last thing, and, and maybe the, the biggest question for you guys is, obviously, set up well for playoffs, um, you know, the Colony coming up on Friday, kind of a rematch for you guys, a chance to beat, you know, one of the teams that's gotten you, one of the two teams. Um, so what are you excited about? What are you guys preparing for? And, and how ready are you guys for kind of the stretch run and probably the postseason? Um, we're, we're definitely striving for um, playoffs and past the first round this year, hopefully. But um, we're, we're looking forward to facing the Colony and, you know, um, they're, they're like a really big threat, <laughs> obviously, because right. they're first and we're second. And we want to we want to really take it to them uh, next game. And yeah. Absolutely. All right, Dorian. Well, thank you for your time. Good luck the rest of the way. And uh, I'll throw it back to the second half of the Star Wars Media High School Sports Podcast. Thank you. Thanks again to Dorian Norris for taking the time to chat with Taylor for our student athlete spotlight. And uh, gentlemen, let's round out our uh, our 5A girls basketball mid-district progress report by looking at a couple districts that all are either creeping up on the mid-district or well past it. Um, because Frisco ISD is just adding, I think they just added two more high schools in the uh, in the time during that Dorian Norris interview. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are 14 now. <laughs> yeah, they are 12 games into their district schedule in that 10-team uh, behemoth of a district. So let's let's talk Frisco ISD, show 9-5A some love. Um, to recap those standings, you have uh, Lone Star doing the Lone Star thing in first place, undefeated at 12-0. Uh, 12-0, that just seems really impressive to amass 12 wins, period, in the district to this point. Um, nevertheless, they are one game ahead of Liberty, second place at 11-1. and one. you got Centennial at 9-3 and three in third place. Memorial, shout-out to Memorial, first-year program, 8-4 uh, in uh, fourth place. And then Reedy in fifth place at 6-6. Six and six. 
Lebanon Trail, another young program at five and seven. A tie, a rare tie in this district. A seventh place tie between Independence and Heritage at four and eight. Wakeland is in ninth place at one and 11. And Frisco bringing up the rear at 0 and 12. Um, obviously, the story of this district is the state-ranked battle between Lone Star and Liberty. Um, you know, I guess, Brian, how do you kind of make heads or tails of what those two programs have done up to this point? And do you see Lone Star running the table in this district? Is Did Liberty show enough in that first meeting to where they could conceivably you know, give them a, a crooked number in the loss column? Or? Liberty was winning by 15 in the second half okay, against Lone Star, and that was a heck of a game. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about it a bunch here in the office, but you know, Liberty should have won. Uh, and then Adriana Quezada, who we've talked about a lot, uh, she's kind of like the, the replacement for Mallory Adams, who's now doing big things at San Diego mm-hmm. State, breaking all these freshman records over there, Division One college basketball. But Quezada's come in, and she's done a phenomenal job. Uh, the two MVP candidates in this district, you got to say, are Quezada and Randy Thompson of Liberty. Yeah. Those are the two best players. They're on the two best teams. It's only mm-hmm. fitting. Uh, and in that game against Liberty, Quezada was kind of non-existent. She was missing a bunch of shots. She was forcing a lot of shots. And then she came alive in the fourth quarter. Uh, hit the got, Had the uh, game-tying assist on a fast break to send it to overtime with seconds left. And then in overtime hit the game winner uh, mm-hmm. with like four seconds left to win the game in overtime. That was a low-scoring game, 36-34. Because those two teams, yeah, they have the offensive firepower, but defensively, they give up. Liberty, I, I know the beginning of the week when I was crunching numbers on a Monday, or on Monday, Liberty was allowing 24 points per game. You know, they're so well coached with Ross Reedy. You know, they have a senior-laden team. Uh, and then Tuesday night, they give up nine points to Frisco. And, you know, that, that's nice. Frisco's fr- fr- <laughs> yeah. having a down year. Yeah. Uh, but Liberty's just that good. Give up nine, they won 58 to nine. And they could have won 120 to Nine. Yeah, if they wanted to. <laughs> Maybe even less than nine. Uh, no knock on Frisco. But Liberty and, and Lone Star mm-hmm. just that good. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, you know, it's only fitting that they're the two state-ranked teams in this district. Centennial is kind of in a, a tricky spot in third place. They're kind of where Reedy was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, good enough to make the playoffs, good enough to compete with teams like Liberty and Lone Star. Centennial almost beat Lone Star again. They went to mm-hmm. overtime the first time they played. And then Tuesday night they had a rematch. Lone Star won 60-54. to 54. So Centennial's figuring something out with Lone Star. But yet mm-hmm. Liberty, the one time they played Centennial, I was at that game, they blew them out of the water. Blew them out by 20 points. And so it's like it's trying to make sense of it all. But, you know, I don't see Lone Star losing until it's only fitting that they play Last game of this year, game of the season, February fifth, when they rematch at Lone Star, and I don't see Liberty losing again. Centennial could give them a game in the rematch because mm-hmm. that game will be at Centennial. But I just pick what's how many games will they play? Lone Star will be like fifteen and one or whatever it is, and Liberty will be or Lone Star will be sixteen and zero. Liberty will be fifteen and one. So many district games when they rematch. Uh, for, I guess, the district title or share the district title or, or what have you after a million games. But, yeah, this district is definitely Liberty Lone Star. Shout out to Memorial also. Yeah. Because in a 10-team district, it's, in an 18-team district, it's so hard to make the playoffs. Ten teams, it's only, like you've got to be on a Lone Star Liberty caliber, you know, state-ranked caliber to make the playoffs. And there they are, first-year program, no seniors at Memorial, and they're eight and four, fourth place, they, you know. Barring any you know major upsets down the stretch, they they're the four seed in that district come playoff time. Lebanon Trail, yeah, they're having a good year also, five and seven. I haven't I haven't been able to see Lebanon or uh, Memorial in person this year, but you know they they could be a team on the radar definitely for next year once they have that senior first senior group. Mm-hmm. You know they could be you know competing up there for you know one two three in the in the playoff mix. 
I'm curious, you know, Lone Star is obviously 12 and 0. They're playing well, but you mentioned Mallory Adams not having her. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm guessing she was the best player their te- their program's ever had. For sure. And then, you know, Randy Thompson, I saw them play the Colony in the playoffs last year. She had missed over a year, but it looks like she's back to full strength now. Do you think these teams, last year they both made regionals, do you think these teams have it to where they could both be in the regional tournament again this season? Yes, because Randy Thompson is is at the top of her game. So she missed her sophomore year with an ACL yeah. injury, and she was out the entire season. She came back last year, and she still had a brace on doing this and doing that. She was kind of coming in as a sixth man yeah, every now and then. She showed out in that colony game. But huh? this year she is <clears throat> she is the woman. She is that guy on that team. But, there, you know, there's a ton of role players on that Liberty team. But, yeah, before I dive into that, you know, Lone Star – they only graduated, really, out of their main players, they only graduated Mallory Adams. Yes, those are heavy shoes to fill, but you have Quezada. She's, a, you know, she's going to UTSA next year. She's a D1 college basketball player. She's 5'10". She can handle the ball. She can shoot jumpers. She can dominate in the paint. And they also bring back you know, Leah Harris, uh, Mia Deck, Kayla Richardson. These are phenomenal guards. Their wing play on defense is stifling. They are suffocating. And Mia Deck... Her little sister, Kyla Deck, is now on the team. She's a freshman. And Kyla Deck, you know, she's top three in scoring for Lone Star uh, every, you know, any given night. You know, and Mia Deck is, is just one of those competitors. Mia Deck may not drop 20 to 30 points like Adriana Quezada is capable of doing. But Mia Deck is just one of those girls that she was also invited for the All-American game along with Quezada. And Randy uh, Thompson. And Randy Thompson, yeah. you know, three of the best players in that district uh, for sure, no doubt about it. Um, you know, so they have they have the role players, they have their defensive stoppers, they have their scores, they have their jump shooters. You know, they have K- uh, Coach Katie Stitton, uh, one of the most you know electric and in your face coaches uh, that there is, and she she's awesome. She she's she knows what he's do- what she's doing. Coach Ross Reedy knows what he's doing at Liberty. You know, in Liberty they're not the biggest team. They have a bunch of guards that are you know five three, five four. You know, Kaylin Lay, Mar Casey, uh, Mackenzie Glover. You know, players like that. But you know, they have. Players playing their role. Alyssa Nyer and Kelsey Kurek is so underrated in this district. I know I talked to Coach Reedy at the beginning of the year. I was like, so how good is, is, is Randy this year? Is she you know, front runner for MVP? What's the scoop? And he was like, Kelsey Kurek, don't, don't count her out. And she had a double-double in that game against Lone Star. And it was kind of a, she would have been an unsung hero in that game because Thompson didn't score a lot. I think she was held to six points in that game uh, because of Lone Star's you know, perimeter defense is that good. So... I don't know. I, I, these both these teams are, are, are more than capable of, of making a run. To, to answer your question, Justin, they're both yeah. they're, more, they're more than capable to to, to reach the regional. Uh, At the very least, again. it'll it'll help that uh, Mansfield Timberview is no longer in that region Man. anymore. Uh, get a lot those of guys here. <laughs> a lot of the uh, a lot of the power because I'm looking over. I got the state rankings right here. Lone Star is actually the highest ranked of Region Two programs in five A mm-hmm. right now. Looks like a lot of the a lot of your they're only twelfth, you know, in the uh, in the TABC poll, but a lot of the the strength has kind of migrated over to Region 1, your Mansfield schools and the like. So, yeah, I mean, it stands to reason that Lone Star might be able to, you know, at the very least, work their way into maybe a four or five round playoff playoff venture. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, also, I noticed, I mean, yeah, you mean, we're talking about, you know, Memorial and Lebanon Trail and, I mean, Reedy as well. I mean, you have the three youngest programs yeah. in Frisco ISD that are fourth, fifth, and sixth in that district. Well, Reedy made the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. but then they graduated Mary Rose Foster. They graduated Christina Mason. Mm-hmm. Mary Rose Foster was the, their post player. She's an animal. She was a beast. Uh, double-double machine. And then Christina mm-hmm. Mason, you know, your prototypical point guard, you know, finds the open man, can shoot, all that stuff. But they graduated those two players. And Jaden Boss, one of their stud volleyball players at Reedy, she's going to SMU, and she's only focusing on volleyball this year. Mm-hmm. She would have been one of, if not the best players 
this year, at least top three best players on the basketball team, so she's not playing. You know, you lose those three starters right there, and they're still six and six. Yeah. You know, they're fifth in this really loaded uh, Frisco district, so that's saying a lot about them. So if Memorial doesn't come along, who knows? Maybe Reedy's yeah. still in that four spot. Whereas you have, you know, 9-5A has played 12 games apiece. Yeah. You have District 10-5A that has played one-third that amount. <laughs> as, a, uh, as a six-team district that, uh, that just began district play, it feels like last week. Um, you know, yeah, this district is only four games old, so let's round out the podcast with a look at the, uh, this teeny-tiny district. Which teeny is, tiny. uh, you have Wiley East in first place at a 4-0, Denison in second place at 3-1. You've got a tie for third place between McKinney North and Princeton at 2-2. Two and two. Lovejoy in fifth place at one and three, and Sherman in sixth place at zero oh and four. Um, at first glance, you know, just kind of watching the the early machinations of this district, this was kind of a Wiley East Denison district, and those two were kind of handling the rest of the uh, you know those other four teams. Uh, you had Wiley East, you know, hand Denison its first district loss on uh, on Tuesday. Um, you know, that's no surprise. The Lady Raiders were state ranked for just about all of last season and still returned plenty of talent from that team. Um, but then you've got like, and so you have those top two which are kind of the clear, you know, one, two, in whatever order. Um, you've got Sherman in sixth place. Yeah, that I, I remember Kendrick referring to them as a, quote, layup. So I <laughs> believe they're uh, settled for sixth. They've, Sherman has taken its share of, of double-digit losses so far in the district schedule. Um, the real, the real uh, you know, subplot is going to be how those third, fourth, and fifth spots materialize between North, Princeton, Lovejoy. Um, early on, I mean, it's not a stretch to say that if Wiley East and Denison are, who at least early on they appear to be, that the teams with the best head-to-head record among those next three schools are going to be the ones that grab those last uh, those last two playoff spots. And so it doesn't appear that, you know, either, you know, any of them are going to be tripped up against Sherman. You know, in the case of, like, Lovejoy, for example, you know, you look at Lovejoy, which, you know, they took double-digit losses to, um, actually, no, they didn't take a double-digit loss. They lost by nine to Wiley East, um, and they lost by, what was that, 28 to uh, to Denison. But then they turn around and beat Sherman 67 to 22. So that's kind of the, and that's the fifth-place team yeah. versus the sixth-place team right now. So there's a 45-point difference right now between fifth and sixth place. Um, but at the very least now, like, if you're just kind of looking at where North, Princeton, and Lovejoy stack up, um, McKinney North has the upper hand on Princeton just by virtue of having a head-to-head win and a game that went right down to the wire, uh, 76-74 to in favor of the Lady Bulldogs. Um, the story of McKinney North this year has been the, um, I mean, you hear the cliche one-two punch thrown around. Um, Amaria Fields and uh, Chelsea Wooten of McKinney North are perhaps the most true, <laughs> true uh, embodiment of the one-two punch those two had against Princeton in that aforementioned win against Princeton, they scored 62 of the team's 76 points, including 42 of their 47 points in the second half. Um, They combined for 40 of the 47 points they scored against Wiley East. Um, In their blowout win over Sherman, they had 47 out of 74. I mean, these two players are routinely scoring upwards of 75% of their their point totals, and that's not even accounting for, you know, any assists they may rack up. I mean, it stands to reason that those two might have anywhere from 85 to 90% of their total offense, either scores or assists. I mean, it is, yes, so they will... Pretty reminiscent of what the Colony has going (laughs) on right now. Yeah, I mean, North goes as, uh, as fields 
in Wooten go. And then with um, and that's obviously that has helped their uh, helped their case greatly so far. Um, but then you look at a team like Lovejoy, which you know Lovejoy was one of the better teams in the Metroplex at the 5A level last year. Um, they were really fun. I mean, I got to see them, you know, beat Wiley East early last season, and that was a really really sharp, high IQ team. But they really were. Um, a lot of that production came from a uh, a talented cast of seniors that have since graduated. I saw them play in the playoffs against Prosper, yeah. and they were no match for Prosper. Not not yeah, many yeah. teams. Well, were, that was Prosper, but, yeah. so maybe it wasn't a good gauge yeah. of how how good they were. But, but. they, I mean, the, so they started off the season really strong, but then they kind of tailed off a little bit later in the season. So that's probably you know more symptomatic of that. But yeah, I mean, they graduated some really strong seniors, some district MVP caliber you know seniors and whatnot. So in what's been left over is a team that has only four seniors on the roster. So it's a young team that still has a lot of room for growth. Um, as far as, you know, veteranship, um, you know, Carson McFadden's a player that has the, uh, you know, the bulk of the bulk of the, uh, of the veteran minutes within that core. Um, and then you've got some promising underclassmen, you know, players like Grace Bennett, who had a big game against, uh, against Princeton, um, but was their only player in double figures. Grace Bennett had 22 of their 49 points. Um, you know, McFadden had come on strong with a couple 21-point outings in the games prior, but you know wasn't um, wasn't able to get it going against Princeton. You think that um, you know in a game that they lost 59 to 49, you know against the Lady Panthers, that you know a more a more familiar performance from McFadden could have very well made the difference. But nevertheless, though, that sets Lovejoy back. That puts them one and three, and they've already got a loss against one of those teams that frankly they can't afford to lose to. You know, it's not so much the loss. You expect the losses to East and Denison are going to come, mm-hmm. but it's how you fare against McKinney North and and, um, and Princeton that are ultimately going to make the difference and how that they fare this season. They get north on uh, on Friday, get a chance to even the score there. Um, but if they drop to zero and two, drop to you know one and a. Uh you know, one and four at the uh, at the midpoint of this district. Um, I mean, that's just going to be tough to overcome. So, but um, yeah, nevertheless, a, a much different. Like we're already, the, the schedule is already four games old, and you already kind of have an idea of how the district's going to pan out. Whereas in Frisco ISD, I mean, it's like you said, it's you know, you know, one and two is going to be, but it's those three, four, you know, five spots that are all still very much in flux. Um, just the. It's odd, just kind of assessing a sixteen district versus a ten team, yeah. and just how different things, uh, how different these one, these one narratives team, can unfold. Going to play eighteen games, and the other is going to play what ten? <laughs> and then for Liberty and Lone Star, fourteen of those eighteen games are just absolute blowouts. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yep. <laughs> uh, so yes, that is a look at uh, Frisco ISD, and I get McKinney North, Lovejoy, two uh, the two most contrasting districts size wise in. Are there any in the 5A classification? Are there any more 16 districts in the 5A classification? So I'm looking over. It's not. District 4 5A looks like a 16 district. So that's. That's a 5 team district. Oh, well. But uh, nevertheless, yeah. yeah, one of the smallest districts, one of the smallest districts in the 5A classification, right up against one of the largest. And, and I wouldn't be surprised it. if District 10 5A, they don't win a playoff game in, in uh, by district round against, uh, against the Frisco district. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Could hot, yeah. Could be a hot take. I'm, hey. I don't know. Could come back to bite me. We'll see. Depends on how your belief in it. If Moore's ready to shock a district champion. Memorial did play Wiley East in the second game of the season and lost by almost 30. So, ah, but that was the second game of the season. Yeah. So, we'll see. Memorial's improved greatly since then. That is a look at a uh, some mid-district progress reports. So, we have touched on 6A on Monday, 5A today. So, um, that'll do it at the very least for a mid-district. Uh, girls basketball recast. We still got the uh, the boys side of the hardwood as they wrap up 
the first half of district play this week, and we will hand out some uh, some talks of mid-district stuff with 6A boys on Monday, 5A boys next Thursday, so make sure you all check those podcasts out. In the meantime, folks, that will do it for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Uh, from Matt Welch, uh, appreciate Justin and Brian for tagging along. Folks, you enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.